Welcome to the Middle Parent Podcast, where we discuss topics that relate to you as a parent. Uh, welcome to the Middle Parent Podcast. Uh, we have uh, Claudia returning for her second appearance um, on the Parent Podcast, so hopefully uh, you know her and she's a familiar voice, and we're just excited to start talking about uh, the shame wheel and how you as a parent um, can manage that and help your student along. So um, just talk a little bit about shame and how it affects middle school students. Okay. You know, that word shame is universal, no matter what our stories are, where we come from, how old we are, everyone experiences this messy emotion called shame. It's lethal. Brene Brown, a researcher in shame, says that no one wants to talk about it, but it's the swampland of the soul and we're all swimming in it. It's about fear, blame, and disconnection. And it's basically the fear of being unlovable. Mm. We all have it. To feel shame is to be human, and it kind of lurks in our familiar places, like appearance. I told you just a few minutes ago I had four 10-year-olds I talked to this week who their main worry right now is their weight. They're age 10. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Body image, family, money, work. It's an intense, painful feeling that we're just not worthy of love. And adolescents are swimming in shame. The research shows shame increases in adolescent girls, particularly in this time of rapid growth in the brain. The latest study shows that 20 to 50 percent of all middle school students struggle with shame. It shows up in symptoms of depression, anxiety, self-criticism, and a range of psychological difficulties, including addiction, eating disorders, social anxiety, and I know you have seen a lot of cutting. There's a direct relationship between shame and self-mutilation. Dan Siegel writes in a book he wrote called Brainstorm that I love, that there are fundamental circuits in the brain during middle school that um, is like social engagement and, and really increased emotional intensity as the brain is growing. And I'm sure you can see this in the drama and the explosions that often occur mm-hmm. during absolutely. this time of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Man, I guess how do you how do you see this? How do you, how do you help students that I mean don't don't necessarily say something because I know you said some of the the girls you knew never said a word mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. about things that they've been struggling with. Mm-hmm. How do you recognize this? I think the best thing that we could do right now is to talk about it. Um, shame needs three things to grow: secrecy. It hides in the dark. It's sort of like termites, and we bring light to it by speaking about it. And silence. Shame can only survive and grow if we don't talk about it. Mm. And that's why community is so important. These kids need each other. They need, uh, they really need you, Tyler, and the adults that are working with them to talk about shame. Emotions have, lose their power when you speak it out. Just saying, oh yeah, I feel shame about that. And then it also leads to judgment. Um, the shame on you feeling pointing to other girls and they feel better about themselves for just a minute. If they can say shame on you to someone right. else, they put themselves as the, the judger. Right. And Absolutely. And you know, I bet there's adults right now and parents who need to hear this as well. Um, we are covered with shame, our own selves. Mm-hmm. Adults are. And, um, 
we need to hear this because we need a break from our own shame self-talk of I'm stupid, I'm not worthy, I'm a bad parent, um, I'm not the best teacher for these kids. Whatever your shame talk is, um, we need to confront our own. My, Milo Angelo says that we must confront the swamp of, swamp of shame in our own lives because our feelings are projected on our daughters and sons. Mm-hmm. And that goes to the, the middle school leaders as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, our, our feelings and how we act and that, mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. is, and I know Jeremy's going to talk about it next episode, um, for the parent podcast is, That's great. um, more is caught than taught. And Absolutely. it's such a great principle because, um, more is caught mm-hmm. and how they see what you're doing, mm-hmm. your actions, than is what you say. Mm-hmm. And, and that we put a lot of emphasis on what we say and, oh, I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. but it's really, you know, just live it out. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, shame grows and it grows from the outside in because mm-hmm. we're created by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as a masterpiece. You know, I, I like to tell students that your picture is on God's refrigerated. Yeah. You know, you're created, Ephesians 2. Uh, you're created to do good. God loves you and created you. And 1 John 4, 8 reminds us that God is love. Yeah. So we're created out of love. And we're created By to love. receive love first and then to give love. Because, you know, John three sixteen, God is is a giver. God is so, love. Yeah. So I picture shame like a wheel. And in the middle is our true self created to give love, first to receive love from the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. and then to give love. You have to receive it to give it. So adults who are shame-based need to go back and think about their relationship with the creator of the universe. The God who is and who was and is to come loves us just like we are right now. We have to be anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. We're just love. Sometimes we have to go back and accept that. Yeah. Because that's who our true self. Then what happens is as we grow up, Shame comes from the outside, from shame on you, from our teachers and family and community who speak shame into our life by trying to tell us how we should be. It comes from our friends and family and expectations of what we should be and what we should do. Mm -hmm. And then social media. Oh, my goodness. I read that more than 3,000 advertisements a day are seen by adolescents. Yeah, that's crazy. And they they tell them constantly what they should be and what they're not. And so shame comes from the outside in. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is we develop this false self around the outside of our circle, of our true self. And Donald Miller, in his book, which I love, Scary Close, have you read that? I haven't read that one. Oh, my goodness. It should be on your um, leadership adult best reading list. Yeah. It's called Scary Close. It is so good. But he says... The story we tell the world to cover shame is our false self. Mm. Well, I I mean, a few things come to mind thinking Mm -hmm. about this. Um, One, um, our series, Good News, that that we're going to be going over and over again. It it reminds me of that because it starts with how we are created. 
and we are created uniquely creative and then it goes into the sin problem and this is this is where it's because of the sin problem that shame creeps in absolutely as satan whispers constantly you cannot trust god yeah yeah and then 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 the next step is that jesus came to build that relationship back and he he provided uh restoration restoring um he took all the shame yeah he took all the shame and then because of that we have the opportunity to live in harmony with God and ha- becoming a new creation. That's perfect. And so, that, that, will, that will help so, want, so much because, you know, Lois Evans says the only one who can truly satisfy the human heart is the one who made it. Mm-hmm. We, this false self becomes a mask and, and it, it looks like secrecy and perfectionism. I see this so much in students, middle school students. They are so anxious trying to make good grades and be the best. And they hide and mask and cover, um, develop this false self. And if you can, as leaders who love them, get beyond that false self and lead them back into the true self, and that's what your teaching is going to do, that will help get them out of the same shame swamp. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that came to mind, and we go back a little bit to the judgment where they judge, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of students do this thing where it's called rate. I'll, I'll give you a rating. So they rate each other. They they on Instagram or Snapchat, oh they rate goodness. each other. Yeah. And they that's basically I mean, they don't understand what they're doing. No, they're throwing each other in the swamp. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what they're doing. I am the judge of you. My goodness. Yeah. And when you point your finger at somebody else, all the others are pointing back at yourself. So mm-hmm. you, you don't feel good after a bit. Yeah. Uh, that's something that's really hard because I've had a few conversations with students about that and they just don't understand. Well, I'm, you know, everybody's doing that. And it's just like, well, no, I mean, ma- you're making yourself the judge mm-hmm. of people. What, they don't understand what really helps get a middle school out of that swamp yeah. is empathy. Mm-hmm. Trying to feel like where they're coming from and how they're feeling. Uh, for example, um, Beverly said to her mom, Mom, you won't believe what happened today. And as a mom or a leader, your first responsibility is to stay calm. Um, the brain chemicals in the teen years go off. They get way mm-hmm. dramatic. Their emotions are intense. Stay calm and always build a bridge. The goal of any kind of leadership with adolescents is to build a bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, Example, the mom might say, oh, my goodness. Well, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Um, Thanks for sharing with me. And I'm here for you. And that's all. Um, those Those kind of words and conversations can pull a middle schooler away from the swamp. Mm-hmm. And of course, the five most powerful words in any conversation with an adolescent is, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. But try to stay away yourself from judging, giving advice, saying, well, why'd you do that? Or why'd you say that instead? How do they make you feel? So for our parents, mm-hmm. um, what, what is one thing with, involved with shame? How, how can they, I mean, you kind of mentioned it here, but how can they help their students? What is one thing that you would want to tell them? Well, shame says, I am bad. And guilt says, I made a mistake. Shame can lead to addiction, depression, anxiety, and shine a light on it. And to do that, the best way to do that is to get the student to talk about their own emotions. So the sentence is always, well, how did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Well, Susie sat with Sherry, and Sherry said I stunk, or 
and, and very dramatic. And, and always stay calm as a parent and always think about empathy on how your student feels. Mm. I think that's so important. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Our parents in the audience will just, I think, love hearing all this because, like you said, they're probably at some level in their own shame wheel and, and be able to dig through that and, and help their students process it and be there for them and be a calm presence and, and empathetic presence. So hopefully that, that really resonates with them. Well, my pleasure to be here and thank you and all your leaders for what you're doing to make a difference for generations to come for such a time as this. And if there's anything I can ever do to help, if you'd like more uh, information on shame or I can meet with anybody one-on-one, I'm always available. Awesome. So appreciate you and what you're doing. Thank you. We appreciate you as well.